Well, we're going through a story, boys and girls, entitled The Secret of Paradise Cove. Now, you might remember last week, we left you on a little bit of a cliffhanger because they found a tunnel leading from the lighthouse all the way to this small cavern in which they found a pirate's ship hundreds of years old. And as they were investigating the ship to see, well, maybe the treasure was aboard the ship, they weren't finding anything, but they heard a door open. And someone is walking towards them because they heard their voices. Step by step, they're walking towards them. The flashlight shining across the deck of the ship. But Caleb, David, and Lizzie are hunkered down so that they can't be seen. Shh, not a word they said. The footsteps are getting closer and closer, and then suddenly the door opens again. Jaden, come on, let's go. We need to be ready for the ship when it gets here. The voice of the second man. Ah, man. He turns around. The voice of that man that spoke, Caleb recognized, but he couldn't place. And as the second man who had been walking to them, he turned his light off, walked back to the door where there was a light. He then asked the the first man, he said, did you tell him? The guy looked at him and says, no, he just needs us like right now. So they leave and the door closes. Lizzie says, ship? Waiting for them? Who is this? What is this? And she says to her brothers, I didn't find any treasure on board. And they looked at her and they said, us either. So, Caleb admits, he said, you know, I had a feeling that no treasure would be aboard this pirate ship. But you know what? We better get back because... We need to get back for the the evening session, the dinner and such. So they get up and they walk all the way back and all the way to the main lobby. And as they're sitting down for dinner, Lizzie notices Camilla, Camilla all the way over in the corner by herself, and she's crying. Lizzie walks up and he says, hey, sweetheart, Camilla, are you okay? Camilla said... Well, not really. Lizzie asks, well, can I sit down? And Camilla says, well, yes, but I'll be honest with you, I'm not going to be very good company. And Lizzie asks her and says, can you tell me why? And she says, well, I just found out today that the adoption fell through completely. There was not enough money, and it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Lizzie said, sweetheart, I want you to know I am so sorry But you know what? I really do believe that even though you feel so heartbroken, and Camila says, and to be honest with you, Lizzie, she interrupted, kind of abandoned by God. Lizzie said, I want you to know, Camila, that when you hear about the gospel this month at camp, And that Jesus came, he didn't just come to forgive us of our sins, but he came to heal our broken heart. And she read this from Isaiah 61. She says, I'm going to read this to you, but I want you to know that this is from the Old Testament. And when Jesus read it, 
one day he was preaching, he told everybody that this applied to him. And this is what he read. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Now listen to this. He has, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. You know, Camila, this is for you. Jesus didn't come just to forgive you of your sins, but he came to love you, and he came as a father to make you his daughter so that he could heal your broken heart. You see, Jesus is your daddy in heaven. Whether God ever gives you a daddy here on earth, and I want to pray that he does, but you have a daddy in heaven, and he loves you so, so much. Well, Camila, I, I hope that God at this time in your life is going to make a way for you. And, and you know what? Maybe it's going to be God providing the money for this adoption. Or you know what? Maybe it's going to be through some other adoptive parents. Or maybe God is just going to show you something so amazing, even if none of, none of this works out. Because I know your Father in heaven loves you that much. And Camila looked up at her and she said, Lizzie, thank you for being my friend. And thank you for saying that to me. I think sometimes I can just get lost in my doubts. And I don't want to, but could you pray for me? And, and Lizzie just said with a big smile, yes, I want to pray for you. And as Lizzie prayed for her, she just prayed that God would seal those truths in her heart and never forget them. Well, after the session that night, Caleb went up into Mr. Stevenson's study and there in the study, he was preparing for the next morning's session that he was going to be speaking at. And he just sat back just a little bit as his Bible was open and he was taking notes and he looked around and it just, it felt like home to him. He felt so comfortable there. And as he looked around, he said, ah, oh, he, Caleb loved the books and he loved uh, bookshelves and he looked at it and he just so admired the craftsmanship of the bookshelves and he was running his hand across the, the desk. It was so well carved, the edging grooved so well and as he's running his fingers along it, he paused for a moment. As he looked around the room one more time at the craftsmanship of the shelves, he realized something. This study looked identical to the study of his great-great-grandfathers up in their attic. Remember, boys and girls, that study they discovered? He couldn't believe his eyes. No wonder he felt so at home and so comfortable. And then a thought came to him. He stood up, and he went to his left, and about waist high, he moved, removed about a foot, about this much of books from the shelf, set it down on the ground, and felt the side of the bookshelf. And sure enough, there on the inside of the bookshelf was an area that was recessed, carved out, and he felt a metal lever. He gave the lever a tug, another one finally as hard as he could, and it popped, and suddenly the bookshelf began to swing open like a door, just like his great-great-grandfather's. And he turned his flashlight on, 
And he looked around, and you can shut the lights off if you want back there. And he looked down, and there were stairs. He was all the way up in the fifth floor, stairs leading down. And he got up, and he looked down and followed the stairs. He could hear voices in a hallway, and shortly after that, a door to his right. He wondered, hmm. Obviously, it led to a bedroom he couldn't imagine whose, but he kept following the stairs until finally it came to a rock-solid ground. It was a tunnel. Oh, my goodness. How many tunnels were on this island, Paradise Cove? And they began to follow the tunnel, maybe half, and a, half a mile, maybe even a mile. And then it, he came to a bend in the tunnel, and there... Before he came to that bend, excuse me, there was a door on the right. The, the floor now was flat. The walls were man-made and, and straight. And as he opened the door, it was dark, and he shone his flashlight in, and it was a storage room, nothing but boxes, maybe a hundred or more boxes lining shelves. He closed the door wondering what this was all about. And what was in those boxes? And as he came to a bend, there was another door. And as he reached for the door, he noticed that down the hallway was a dim light. He left the door. He followed the dim light. And the, the light led him to a much larger room, about the size of this room here. Higher wall, higher ceiling, though. And there in front of them, in a large table, maybe half a dozen or more, computers, dimly lit, and on the face of each screen, DSM Industries. To his left, he noticed 10 or more large metal boxes about six feet high with a door of glass, and he could see inside. As he approached them, each one of them was filled shelf after shelf after shelf of test tubes. He put his hand on the first one. It was cold. He could tell these were refrigerators. But what were in these test tubes? The first three were blue, dark blue in these test tubes. The rest of them, dark red like blood. He followed it down, and at the end of them was a curious curtain drawn over. And as he reached behind, he pulled it back. And there behind the curtain, he found a glass cage. Hair all over the ground. And in the middle of this cage, a chair. And on that chair sat a creature. What kind of creature was this? Long legs, long arms, but short body. As he began to lift the light to look at this creature, he saw marks on his arms with blue dots. What type of blood did this creature have? What were they doing? Experimenting on, on aliens? He lifted the light and he saw the head of this creature hairless. Shriveled skin, pale gray. Ears shriveled as well. Jaw, mouth protruding, but nose and forehead like pushed in. What was this? What on earth 
was this creature? Or perhaps the word earth was the wrong word to use. We can have the lights. Boys and girls, what has Caleb found? Who or what is this? What are they doing down there? What's with all the computers? Maybe next week we'll get some answers to these questions. But I want you to think about what Lizzie said to Camila, her friend. Camila's only 11 years old. Many of you are younger than that. Some of you are older. Some of us are a lot older. But the truth is, when we go through hard times and our hearts are broken, know this, that the truth of the gospel is meant to give us hope and to heal our broken hearts. Have you ever felt the pain of a broken heart? Only Jesus and the truth of the gospel can heal that broken heart. Oh, boys and girls, I hope you take that truth that Jesus is the anointed one to heal your hearts always. There's no other remedy. It's not found out there in the world or getting a new toy. It is only found in Jesus, okay?